Hello, everybody. Welcome to ASUG Talks, Candid Career Conversations, a podcast production of the America's SAP Users Group. I'm Laurel Nelson Rowe, Managing Editor with ASUG and your ASUG Talks Season 2 podcast host. In each Candid Career Conversation episode, we explore career paths and progress, experiences and insights, moments of success and decision do-overs with ASUG members who have led or participated in SAP technology projects and enterprise-wide IT initiatives. We know the work-life stories, the high points, the sage advice, and tough lessons learned will engage you, will inspire you, and you are our audience across the information technology, SAP customer, and ASUG member community. It's time for today's talk. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. ASUG Talks would like to welcome Maria Hurani, Director General, Strategic Financial Governance with the Department of National Defense, Canadian Armed Forces. Quite the title and welcome, Maria. Thanks, Laurel. Uh, Really, really nice to be here. Very good. We are going to take a step back before we step into your career. Where did you grow up? And did that affect who you became as a professional? And if so, how? Well, I I grew up in Ottawa, which is Canada's capital. So I'm an Ottawa girl, uh, born and raised. Ottawa is very much a public service town. Uh, The majority of the federal government departments have their head office or their headquarters here in Ottawa. That did have a very heavy influence on, on who I became as a professional. I spent the first 11 years of my career in the private sector. But after the high tech industry crashed and with my husband owning his own business, I decided maybe it was time to to find something a little more stable. So I started to look for for work in the public service and I moved over to the Department of National Defense and the Canadian Armed Forces um, back in 2003. I've held various positions in federal departments since then, managing or directing their SAP solutions. And I, I realize this may sound a little corny. But I believe in the mission and the vision of public service and, you know, providing that service to, to Canadians. So Ottawa as a public service uh, environment, what did you want to be as a childhood and, and why? And did that influence who you've become as a professional? So uh, believe it or not, uh, I grew up wanting to be a, a writer and a figure skater, right? So I always loved the grace and the beauty of watching those figure skaters on the ice. And then I put on a pair of skates and said, who am I kidding? Uh, I can't do this. <laughs> and then you'd always find me growing up with, with my nose in a book. So I always envisioned, envisioned myself, you know, writing one of those novels when I was younger. So neither of those really directly influenced uh, who I am as a professional, but rather it's that passion, you know, uh, that love for what I do that's contributed to, to where I am today, I'd say. When did you envision the career in information technology generally? I never really thought of it that way. Uh, I'm an accountant. I have two accounting designations in accounting from the University of Ottawa. I've always been drawn to finding new and better ways of working. So very early on in my career, when we were filling out those manual forms or spreadsheets, I always found ways to automate them, right? Make it easier, faster, simpler for myself and my teams. It's interesting because if I continued to work in the private sector, I would in fact 
be considered IT. But in government, it's different. It's actually my accounting experience that makes me good at what I do. So I, I translate the business requirements into SAP standard practices. The bridging mechanism. Right. What was your very first job related to IT and SAP? When, where, and how did that happen? I'd say um, we'd have to go back to the mid to late 90s uh, when I worked for a high-tech company that was looking to replace its existing system with a more robust integrated system. They actually went to the finance team. I was an accounting clerk. Does anybody want to join this team of SAP? We're looking at implementing this solution. I'm like, absolutely. Love to try it out. So I actually ended up uh, configuring the, the finance processes for a division of Nortel called HPOX. So it was high performance optical components division. We were on version 4.5B and I configured AR, AP, FI, GL, CO, and the special purpose ledger. And then my first position at National Defense back in 2003 was working also on the, their SAP upgrade, moving from 4.6 to Enterprise or what everybody commonly knows as 4.7. So that first experience led to others. Exactly. Do you consider yourself an active career path planner, a responsive career opportunist, something in between? Active in the sense that I knew when it was time to move from the private sector into public sector, but I'd say really more of a, a career opportunist. I love what I do. I've been in this space for 19 years now, and every change I've made Every opportunity I've had was because of an opportunity that was presented to me and one that I just felt that I couldn't pass up. So at the time, in the moment, you know, I wasn't thinking of a career change, but then it was presented to me and it was just an opportunity for that next challenge, that next new big transformation that I just couldn't pass up. Great. So in two minutes or less, tell the audience about your career highlights, projects, roles, responsibilities. Wow. Okay. So 11 years in the private sector. I joined government shortly after returning to work after my maternity leave with my second child. So the first department that I joined was the Department of National Defense back in 2003, configuring, you know, the FIARAP and the acquisition card processes for our upgrade to 4.7. I moved as a result of a promotional opportunity to the National Research Council back in 2007 as their integration manager for financial systems. And that's when I act actively got involved in ASUG, in fact. I was uh, the co-chair of the Ottawa chapter back then. I'm now the chair of the Ottawa chapter. In 2011, I had another opportunity, again, a uh, promotional opportunity to move to Employment and Social Development Canada. They were looking at replacing their financial systems, and I led that implementation. I'd say one of the most successful, I'd say that was one of the most successful imp implementations of SAP in government. I learned a lot and built relationships with the amazing resources, you know, within, within government and within the industry. In 2008, or 2018, I should say, I was again contacted by a headhunter that told me of a position over at National Defense. At the time, again, loved what I was doing at ESDC, could not picture myself leaving, but it just sounded like an opportunity of a lifetime to move over to the department as an enabler in finance, you know, leading policy, process, 
internal controls, community development, all of those key success factors in transforming how we do business, right? So started public sector in 2003, went to many different departments, came back in 2018, coming back to national defense. It just felt right, right? I wasn't looking for the change. I loved where I was. I loved the people that I worked with, but it was a promotional opportunity. I just couldn't pass up. And I'd have to say working at D&D always held a special place in my heart, right? So I feel like I've come back home. (laughs) In the recap, you mentioned success, but what's been your favorite job role or responsibility over time? Really for me, my favorite job is always the one that I'm in. I don't look to move. And, and as I've described, I've moved because of these amazing opportunities. And I find that every job comes with its challenges, you know, new faces, new people, new opportunities, and opportunities to learn. What was the most challenging role or responsibility to date? And why was it so challenging? Definitely my most challenging role is, is the one that I'm in right now. National Defense is uh, an extremely large department. It's actually the largest department in government. And our mandate touches the lives of Canadians and uh, everywhere. And, you know, every time you turn, there's there's something new to learn, right? Every time you think you've got it right, someone throws another wrench at you. It's like having 20 plus different organizations all rolled into one. It's virtually impossible to know what everyone is doing and how to influence that change across the organization in, in a timely fashion. We've got um, approximately 20, 25,000 civilian employees and within the Canadian Armed Forces with the reservists, probably over 90,000 military members. And they're entrenched in their traditions, right? They follow a certain chain of command. And while in and of itself impressive to see uh, how they, you know, they can, they can create an op so quickly, so efficiently, that well-oiled machine on the other hand, trying to invoke change over such a widely dispersed, decentralized organization, extremely challenging. So the change factor, change mm-hmm. management. Absolutely. What has been your best career decision to date and what went into that decision making? So I'd say my best decision to date was my move actually to Employment and Social Development Canada back in, in 2011 where I had the opportunity to lead that transition to the the new ERP, SAP. As I said before, I learned so much. I had the opportunities to work with such a diverse group of people from all different backgrounds with a wealth of knowledge and experience. What we didn't know, we learned together and or we got industry experience to learn together. We really pushed the bar on that project, adopting best practice, including the use of... um, natively integrated solutions to SAP as our core architecture principle, you know, to avoid the customization, to promote seamless integration, right? We were leading the development of solutions that were never implemented in government before, you know, forcing the business to change the way they think, the way they worked, really transforming those business practices. It was challenging and exciting all at the same time because we had this vision of creating a user experience for our customers and clients that was far superior to what they had. And we were empowered by senior management. We had that strong champion support to really push that bar and say, no, you will adopt. You know, we're not going to adapt, right? We had to investigate so many avenues 
you know, ones that we'd never uh, explored before. So building those relationships, again, not only internally with the teams, with our clients, but even externally to succeed. You know, that expression, through blood, sweat and tears, we succeeded. And, and we proved those naysayers that we could get it done. So to this day, although I've moved on and I absolutely love where I am right now, I still consider that the best implementation I had the privilege to be a part of. And, you know, a part of me hopes that my ex-colleagues hear this podcast <laughs> so that they know how I feel, that I truly felt that that implementation, you know, that, that impact that they had on me and still those memories, those fond memories I have of that. Is there anything across the, the spectrum of your career to date that you'd like to do over? And if so, how and why? Everyone says hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know, if I really had to do it oh anything over, quite frankly, I've learned so much from from all the positions, you know, the difficulty, the challenges. They all bring new experience, new opportunities to learn. Maybe if I had join the public service uh, earlier in my career, that, that could be something that I would have changed. But honestly, I can't negate what I learned from my private sector experience. You know, the machine of government, it can be slow. Private sector, we can move so much faster. So it enabled me, that experience is what's forced me to keep pushing in public service. Yes, we can do it. You can do it. Let's try. It's okay if we fail, you know, like we'll learn from those experiences. That same push and that same drive and that it's possible and we can do it perhaps faster than we, we think. Right. Was there ever a job that you wanted and didn't get? And if so, was there a lesson or lessons learned in that? I haven't actively pursued jobs or opportunities. Rather, I've been extremely lucky that people have reached out to me. I'd say the biggest lesson I've learned from this is that if you're good at what you do, if you treat people with integrity and, and respect, you know, you prove yourself in your field, th those doors will open up for you. So maybe it'll take a bit longer, right? I could have potentially aggressively sought other things, but I loved what I was doing. Why would I change, right? It's not always uh, uh, about the money, right? It's about loving what you do. I realize in today's environment, although we are returning to the office, <laughs> it, you know, this expression isn't the same, but I used to always say you spend more time with the people you work with than you do with your own family. You better really love what you do. And I still truly believe that. Right. So I never thought I'd become a director general ever in my career, like reporting to the chief financial officer of, of the largest department uh, in the Canadian federal government. And quite frankly, the thought initially was a little scary. But I'm absolutely so happy. I have an, an amazing team, fabulous colleagues, right, across the department, and an even better boss. So what more could I ask for? What education and training experiences have been essential to your career path, your career growth? So first, I'd say never stop learning, right? Doesn't matter how high up you go, take every opportunity that you can to learn, to read, right, to network. So essential to my success, 100%, absolutely, are my accounting designations and the professionalization was paramount in my career. As I explained previously in the private sector, I would in fact be considered IT. In government, it's given my professionalization in accounting, I, I am in finance, 
And I apply this knowledge to translate that language of IT to the business to ensure that they meet the client requirements, right? While still adopting best practice rather than adapting or customizing those solutions. Over and above that, yes, I've taken SAP courses. I'm also actually LEED certified. So many people don't even know what that is, but it's layered enterprise architecture and development certificate that I have. And then, like I said, uh, and anything now a lot virtually, any webinars, conferences, ASUG is an excellent resource for that, right? A wealth of information available there to learn from chapter events, influence councils, and the like. I can't say enough about networking. Take every opportunity that you can to put yourself out there, get out of your comfort zone, speak with people within outside industry. And again, I'd say like ASA, amazing for that. Has there been a mentor or mentors involved in your professional life? And and if so, what career advice or, or what professional advice did they offer to you? I've never actually had an official mentor per se. I'm actually starting to mentor people, but I've always had certain key people throughout my career that I'll reach out to time to time to hash out ideas, you know, express frustrations. So it's good to bounce ideas off of people and not be afraid to. And I'd say the networking makes that absolutely possible. And you develop those relationships, right? What are the three things that you've learned from being in this field that people should know when they're considering IT and SAP? (laughs) Okay, so so no one is an expert. And if they tell you what they are, to me, that's a big red flag, right? Just (laughs) when you think you've figured something out, there's someone else out there that's going to tell you different. It's virtually impossible to keep up with changes in technology. The pace is just so quick. No sooner have we delivered a solution There's something better, cheaper, faster, right? That's being introduced in the market. And like I said before, never stop learning. No one's an expert. Because technology changes so quickly, don't be afraid to take advantage of every learning opportunity and offer those opportunities to your teams. Great. So much passion comes through in the discussion so far. Why are you so so passionate about what you do? What's behind that passion? Oh, my God. Great question. And and I don't know. I just love what I do. I love working with dynamic groups of people, you know, bring them together, you see, hearing different experiences, learning that knowledge, that sharing of an exchange of ideas, finding better ways of working, you know, building upon that, improving the the user experience, customer satisfaction, there's got to be easier, more effective, right? So I love the challenge of building something new, thinking outside the box, and the rewards of seeing something that you've built actually make people's work lives better. And yet there must be a few difficulties, whether (laughs) on a daily basis or across the course of a year. Anything to note there? Change management, people. People don't like change. They're they're afraid of what they don't know. They, They don't want to get out of their comfort zone. They'd rather complain that something's broken than than take the time to fix it. And honestly, I don't know if I'm being fair when I say that, because it's not that they don't want to take the time. They probably just don't have the time. So they're just so entrenched in their day to day that they just don't have the space to invest in making those changes. So it's really embracing the change and finding those people that are going to speak positive about it. And get them on your team, get them on board, 
And the more you accept, the easier it becomes. Is there one thing that you're most proud of across the course of your professional life? I don't know that I'd necessarily say one thing. Like, I'm proud of what I've accomplished. I'm proud that people see me as a person that's knowledgeable, but approachable, right? I'm proud of the connections that I've made, both professionally, internally in government and with industry professionals. I feel like people know that they can reach out to me and I know that I can reach out to others. I know I can reach out and get advice and guidance whenever I need it. A private network. <laughs> Honestly, in my career, I would have been happy staying an analyst, just supporting my clients, implementing those business solutions. But I'm proud, so proud of the fact that I've been able to now take this lead role in transforming that more strategic lens. Is there something that you'd like to change about IT in general or SAP products and services in any way, shape, or form? You know what? That's not an easy answer, right? Or you know what? Maybe it is. If I could change anything about IT and SAP and product solutions, it would be to make the solutions quicker, easier, faster. But then again, I'd say there are those industry solutions out there, right? We've got cloud, we've got SaaS, we've got managed applications. Remember, I work in the public sector. So moving government solutions from on-premise to cloud, leveraging these new technologies, putting in place these solutions, there's a whole machine of government behind it, right? The procurement, changing the infrastructure, and we just move too slowly. So do I blame SAP and industry? Do I blame government? Maybe it's a little bit of both. But, you know, there are certain policies and processes that we have in place that are there for, for a reason. You know, we have to be good stewards, fiscally, financially responsible. So making the decisions when you're working in the public sector, and I realize maybe it sounds like a bit of an excuse, it is time consuming. We need to make sure we check all those boxes. What are the three best pieces of advice that you'd offer to someone who's contemplating a career and IT in an SAP environment, maybe early on in their career or looking to pivot? I'd say if you really do like to challenge the status quo, then don't be afraid to challenge it and learn the technologies and tools that are out there to help you move into that, that avenue or that career. Again, private sector, I'm BIT, public sector, I'm in finance. And I truly believe that the subject matter experts in those business functions should be leading the configuration of those solutions and tools. Having said that, I know my IT counterparts would probably disagree with me on that. But, you know, we have classifications, groups and levels in government. So if you're dealing with a procurement process, I think a PG is what we call them, should be configuring that business solution. An FI, a financial solution. So... HR, our, our HR professionals that understand HR business processes should be configuring those HR solutions. Where we need to customize, then we get our IT professionals in there because they're the best at that. So don't be afraid to switch your career from a core, a core business function to IT, thinking that you don't necessarily have the technical skills. The way technology is changing, I'd say those business professionals are now able to take on more IT than they ever used to be able to do before. And you're a great example, again, of that bridge between business and all types of business function expertise and, and the IT tools that can, can make it happen better. And it's time for that superpower question. Oh, we wrap up with 
what would be your chosen superpower to be more effective and efficient in your career and your profession? So you tell me, is this really a superpower? The ability to do magic? Okay, I'm going to date myself, <laughs> right? Like, do you remember do you, do you remember that show, I Dream of Genie? Oh, yes. If I could just blink and make things happen. Can you imagine? Today, I'm looking outside. It is snowing. If I could blink and the driveway would just be plowed, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> if I could blink and I could implement the SAP Concur solution overnight, wouldn't that be amazing? That, to me, would be my superpower. <laughs> okay. All right. I dream of genie magic. Grant wishes all the time. That's it. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time, your attention, and your passion for your role and responsibility. Thank you, Maria. Well, thanks to you. Thanks for reaching out. I, I enjoyed this, and hopefully people will find it beneficial. What a great, wisdom-filled way to end this ASUG Talks Candid Career Conversation episode. I'm sure our audience agrees. And speaking of audience, let's continue to expand our engaged listeners and our ASUG Talks guest list. If it's time for you to ASUG Talk with me in a candid career conversation of your own, from your office or work from home space, contact me, Laurel Nelson Rowe, ASUG Managing Editor and your podcast host via ASUG.com. We want to schedule your talk time now. And remember, to share this and every ASUG Talks episode with colleagues, with friends, with your professional network, and coworkers on your teams across your enterprise. ASUG Talks is available on ASUG.com and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until we talk again.